recruiter saying, hey, are you happy at that job? Because I might have a new opportunity for you. How do you know if that recruiter actually has a real job or if it's your boss trying to see what you say? Oh, oh, this 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 angers me so much uh yeah i mean this this came to us out of your tango and it's a story of somebody who said exactly that happened to them that that loyalty test he got the phone call hey i'm a job recruiter and you know i could probably get you a better deal and find you a better job somewhere and it turned out that the recruiter had been hired by their own boss to see if they would if they would take them up on it, if they would say, hey, yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but sure. I mean, if you can find me a better job, better money, then, uh, then sure, I'd be willing to talk to you. Just to test and find out what the answer was, I, well, yeah, I would quit. I would quit. 913-586-7798. Uh, I'll read to you a couple of lines of this. I can't read some of it. Uh, this was up <laughs> on uh, Reddit. Career questions, which is uh, a thread I'm going to follow now because a lot of good stuff shows up on here. Uh, so luckily, this guy told the recruiter, I'm happy, but keep me in mind Yeah. if anything comes up in the future. Says, I'm not interested. He says, I got an email back saying I passed the test and it was a fake recruiter hired by the company to test employee loyalty. This guy said he thought it was a scam. But he went to his manager about it after he got the email, and the manager said, yes, his company does that from time to time. He's asking, is it legal? He's also worried that in the future, if he actually does get a call from a recruiter, this is where it gets complicated. If I don't know what he does for a living, but if he does get a call from a recruiter, he's going to wonder, is it a real recruiter, or does he need to go ask his boss if he's being tested, and if so... He's going to know if it's not a test, the boss is going to know this guy is being recruited. Yeah, and that's by design. I mean, they they want you thinking that so that if you do get a call from a real recruiter, you're not going to think it's real. I mean, not only are they testing your loyalty, they're effectively locking you in from anybody that might try to poach you to a, a better job. And I mean, the answer is no, it's not illegal. Um, but is it ethical? No, not in any way. Every response on this on Reddit was time to start job hunting. Yeah, like get said, out. Time, time to get out of there. Um, if your boss doesn't already assume you're, it's not even, um, boy, if you have half a, half a brain as a boss, you, people <laughs> leave. Yeah. People move on to bigger opportunities, right? You just have to know that, that if you're a boss, that's how you got to that job was you moved on to a bitter, bigger opportunity. You have to know that your people are going to do that. Who's the person that doesn't want their employees to leave and, and, and just wants you to be blindly loyal? And this guy's happy. That's the, that's the shame. Well, yeah, and I mean, the, the real trash behind this and the reason why, I mean, if something like that happened to me and I found out that I was being tested like that, I would quit. I would walk out the door that day is, okay, let's talk about the BS that is employee loyalty. Um. Jamie, how much employer loyalty is there? I mean, I've worked for a lot of companies uh -huh. over time. Not a lot. You mm -hmm. and I have both been through situations where, especially in this business. Yeah, format changes. Format changes. Suddenly we're going from news talk to Spanish. Yeah. Suddenly we're going from <laughs> top 40 to sports. New boss comes in, all his own people. Or there are cuts for no obvious reason whatsoever. 
Exactly. So all the time. Uh, so I mean, the idea that somehow, I mean. Now, that said, I will also add to that, I have been lucky enough during my career to work for some very good supervisors. I've also worked with some really bad ones and really dumb ones, but that's another yep. story. That's, that's kind of the way of things. And when I, when I got my first real opportunity in the business, when I left the producer's booth so many years ago and actually got an opportunity to get a job doing this, you know, five days a week and, and all of that, my not only was my employer happy for me, it, it was like, hey, good. All the work you put in here is paying off. You've got a great opportunity. They threw me a party. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, good for you. Or they were throwing a party because woohoo, we don't have to have you in the building anymore. But I didn't, you know, look a gift horse in the mouth. I took the party. And but that was great. You should be happy for your people when they get a better opportunity. Now, I would add to that, the I don't know if it's employee loyalty, but I've always felt like if you get if you're offered a better opportunity, not if you get offered, that's terrible. If you're offered a better opportunity than you have now, then you do, I think, have an obligation to at least go to your current employer and say, somebody outside offered me this. Do you want do you want me here or do you want me to take this offer? Unless the jobs aren't parallel enough. You know what I mean? I've had friends that Explain. have just changed industries. A, a good friend of mine went from radio to running a children's museum. Okay. As a leader of that museum, the radio station was never going to match. Sure. Okay. That money. Yeah. And, and nor were they ever going to be able to match that kind of job. You know what I mean? And they so should. She didn't go to them. Right. So in that case, yeah, they should recognize, okay, this is something we can't possibly offer you. And we get it that it's your dream job. Go forth and have a wonderful rest of your life. And I also think if it's a different job and it's not about the money, you just want to go do that thing. I don't, I don't feel like you're obligated to let your current boss make you an offer because you're not going to take it anyway. Yeah. I mean, unless it is double what you and, and who gets offered that if you do, <laughs> I, I want to chat with you. Um, but if it's just something else that you want to do, I feel like you can, because I feel like honesty is okay in well, that situation. Sure. I want to go do this. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. You should say that because at the time that I was offered that job, it, it was almost exactly double what I was making. So, you know, not only was it the dream job, it was also a lot more money. And at the time we really needed it. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't much of a decision. And they told me, yeah, we, we can't give you anything anywhere close to that. So great. Good for you. 913-586-7798. How do we feel about a boss testing employees' loyalty this way? Um, I, John, the parallel story that I have is that, and I might have told the story before, but I was very close to the boss that I had in Illinois. I worked there for the same station for 10 years while I was in college. Mm -hmm. And he eventually came to me, and, and again, we were very close, and he came to me one day and he said, it's time for you to leave. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? And yeah. he said... It's, he said, I have taught you, every, you have done every job here. You've hosted a show. You were a part-timer on Sunday nights. You now do every, like, the only thing we haven't taught you is engineering, yep. you know? And he said, I, I don't, I know you're loyal. You don't have to be. It is time for you to go. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. He's like, I'll help you look. I will write you references. I will, but it's time for you to get out. Yeah, and, and that's, okay. that's, you know, that again is just somebody recognizing that it's not employees that work for you, it's human beings. And yeah, if you've outgrown a job, you could stay there forever and keep doing the same job, but you'd eventually get bored. Um, 
especially you. <laughs> I, I know your yeah. mind. Uh, but, but yeah, you, you would get bored with it after a while, and they know that, and they don't want somebody who's just going to be going through the motions. I yeah. mean, you figure that they're looking at it as though not only are you going to go on to bigger and better things, which of course you did, but you're also going to have somebody coming up after you who is going to be as hungry for th- that job as you were when you got there. They want that too. Yeah, it was really good advice, and I left shortly after that. Yep. I mean, it was it, because you don't want to stay where you're not wanted, and so I very quickly <laughs> left. So what do we think about this? Again, the way that they are testing loyalty is to have a recruiter call and say, hey, we have this better job. What if the guy had said yes? Yeah. What if this guy that they called had said, actually, yes, I would be interested in hearing about this opportunity. Right. Are they going to fire you for doing that? I mean, if you fail, if if he passed the test by saying, no, I'm not looking, but keep me in mind if anything comes up in the future. If that's passing the test, does failing the test mean you lose your job? Because is that legal? Right. Well, um. Yeah, because, I mean, could you make the, could you sue somebody for fraud at that point by offering you something that didn't exist? Um, maybe. Wow. I mean, that. But we'd need an employment attorney on the line to, to talk about that. But that that does seem a little bit more than sketchy. That almost does seem actionable, especially if they take action against you because of it. How does that conversation go? What if he had said... You know, I'm I'm content, but what do you got? What's you know, yeah, you you found me, you must think I'm qualified. What's the job? Yeah. Does the recruiter at that point admit to the lie, recruiter quote unquote, or do they keep going with it? Right. And do they say, like, you know, offer him a, a certain amount of money and see if that's what makes him walk away? At, at what point then do you walk back what you said? Yeah, because I mean when when I was initially looking through this, what I was trying to piece together in my head is why did they tell him? Why did the employer tell him? Because you didn't have to. I mean, he passed your little test, so you didn't have to say anything to him about it. But now you've got a disgruntled employee because you just did something awful. But the reason why is, like we said, to put you on guard. If a real recruiter ever calls, you're not going to believe it. So you're not going to take the job. They, They want you to know, and that's the reason. But still, what an awful thing to do. It also makes me think they're proud of it. They think they did absolutely nothing wrong. They own it. Yeah. You know, nothing wrong with what we did here. Uh, If you want to get in, feel free to give us a call here. Uh, Coming up, Snoop Dogg, we didn't even get to this last week, made an announcement. (laughs) And then, turns out it wasn't exactly what we thought. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Talking about this question asked on Reddit. Uh, Guy says he got a phone call from someone claiming to be a recruiter saying, hey, you know, would you be interested in maybe taking a different job? Guy says, no, I'm really happy, not interested, keep my information for the future. He gets an email that says, hey, you passed. And it's from the company he works for. His boss admitted, yeah, it was just a little loyalty test. Uh-huh. Just checking. <laughs> so there was no job. And the, uh, yeah, the entire thing behind the recruiter was all just a sham. We'll go to the phones. If you want in, 913-586-7798. And we'll kick it off with Josh, who's in the Northland. Hey, Josh. Hey guys, John, I'm a hundred percent with you, man. If, if I was in that situation, I'd quit immediately. I'd walk away. There are some major issues with that management at that company. Uh, my personal experience, I, you know, for like three or four years with a previous employer, I ran everything north of the river inside the 435 loop for a utility construction industry. Wow. That's a lot and of ground. At times I had 12, at times I had 12 or 15 people working for me 
I, I when I trained people, I would tell them up front the first day they were in my truck with me riding around, like, look, man, like if, if this ain't for everybody, if you find out it's not for you, let me know. Like you could put me down as a reference. I'll talk you up. Like you find something better. I encouraged people to to go find something better, more suitable for them. If that wasn't it, you know, if if you don't have that in leadership. You know, if your leadership is showing you that they don't care about you, you're just a number to them, yeah. you should probably go try and find somewhere else. Well, right. And, and I mean, from your standpoint as a supervisor in that situation, you want people working for you who want to work for you. Yeah, exactly. I, if, if you hate your job so much, like, dude, I'll, I'll help you go better your life yep. if I can, in any way that I can, you know, I that, that's just horrible that, that they would do that. And like you said, it sounds to me like they think they're proud of themselves. <laughs> it's just crazy. All right. Hey, Josh, we appreciate it, man. Thank you. And that's, uh, I mean, the closest thing I've ever had to that, it was a very, very long time ago, long before the radio business for me. Um, but, I, yeah, I had a guy I was doing tree work in, in the middle of winter, which is just all kinds of fun. Climb a tree with a chainsaw in the snow. <laughs> Anytime, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, after I, and I needed money, I needed the job. But, you know, after a few weeks of working there, the guy was like, uh, so do, do you want to stay here doing this? Because, I mean, if you do, I'll bump up your pay a little bit. And, and I said, you know, honestly, this is not my thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I said, you know, I, I, I'll stay as long as you want me to, but I'm going to be looking for something else. And he got a little upset. And I thought, okay, you're the one that started this conversation. You asked me the question. I was like, you know, I don't need your raise. You know, I'm not going to do that to you and then leave you high and dry. But it's like, yeah, don't ask the question if you don't want to know the answer. Josh's way is much better. Yeah, it's just so disappointing. Yeah. Um, What are you going to gain from that? Um. I, just from from making people be loyal, I, I just don't. Yeah. Or from measuring to see if they are. I, I just figured at that point that my best bet, and here's eighteen year old naive me, right? I figured <laughs> my best bet is to be honest with this guy. He asked me an honest question. I, I'm kind of obligated to give him an honest answer. But yeah. you know, you can't. You can't. Unfortunately, you can't uh, dictate how somebody else is going to take that. Yes. All right. Thanks everybody for getting in here. We don't have much time, and that's good. Uh, before we go to the bottom of the hour, Derek Chauvin oh. is speaking. <laughs> We've been having the discussion lately about whether perpetrators of a crime should be speaking out in documentaries about what they did. He did. Yeah, he did. It's also noteworthy, by the way, and we, uh, this was another thing we had on our list and never got to uh, about a week ago. He was making some noise, and there was actually some court action behind this, that uh, he was trying to get a new trial because of a guy, believe it or not, here in town, or close anyway, in Topeka, who uh, he was a medical examiner of some stripe and I guess had come up with some crackpot theory that that what really happened to George Floyd was he had some kind of tumor on his adrenals that flooded his system with adrenaline, and that's what killed him. Now, this is somebody who never examined the body, had no evidence of any kind of a tumor anywhere, and was just taking a shot in the dark kind of guess. And Chauvin tried to use that to get a new trial, saying he never would have agreed to the guilty plea had he known what this guy was going to say. Well, that was denied. So 
thank you to the court system in Minnesota for denying that appeal. But in the meantime, yeah, he's now coming out and just taking shots at everybody. Uh, the judge, the legal system saying that the whole trial was a sham and that, yeah, that, that he never should have pleaded guilty and he shouldn't be behind bars. John, do you know anything about this journalist, Liz Collin? I don't. Uh, Daily Mail, I would love to know what the background is here because Daily Mail, this is how they put it. Journalist Liz Collin produced the film called The Fall of Minneapolis to expose what she frames as a global rush to judgment in this case that she says was fueled by Democratic officials and eventually led to the spread of crime across America. When I hear journalist, that's not a journalist. Who is it? Who is who is this girl? Yeah, that's her. That's an excellent question. Yeah. Again, somebody who was not there and just decided that, uh, you know, that she knew better. Um, She. Yeah, I'm I'm looking her up right now. Twin Cities reporter um, has a book called They're Lying. (laughs) And she works for an organization called Alpha News that I've never heard of before. Her Twitter account is awful. Oh, goody. Um, so, so, yeah. So, I know what I need to know. So, of course, Derek Chauvin would go to somebody like her to try to plead his case. Um, I, okay, you know, I, I said only half jokingly on the text or on our thread this morning. Fine. Uh, let me kneel on his, his neck for nine and a half minutes and we'll test out the theory. See if he's and right. What's the whole he wasn't given a fair trial and <laughs> all this stuff? Like, what's. Why the sympathy for him or empathy for him, I guess? What? Where does that come from? Oh, I don't know that there is any. I mean, yeah, there, her, there's, though, there's, like she seems to have. Right. There's probably some. But, yeah, not knowing anything about her, uh, yeah, I don't know what her deal is. But, I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. And I, I think what really lies behind it is that guys like him can never be told that they did something wrong. That even in the We've had that conversation exactly, and with all evidence to the contrary, the evidence of you know the guy under his knee saying I can't breathe until he lost consciousness, and still Chauvin kept his knee there for several minutes afterward until he was dead. I mean, I don't know what else you need to know, but he will never ever accept responsibility for anything because I would probably step out on a limb and say he's never been called to before. 21 years is what he got. Yeah. And he's young enough that he'll get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll, uh, do, do, do. That was on state charges though. Was there also a federal case that he hasn't been sentenced in yet? I honestly can't remember. I, yes. I'm trying to remember what concurrent? the outcome of the federal case was. And I don't know that it, it, that it has been decided yet. Okay. We don't want this guy out. I'd rather he just kind of stay there. Yeah. forever but i mean not be out. you look at you look at the statements that are being made surrounding this case by him and others in his in his cadre or whatever uh and and compare that to devalkin here yeah oh yeah no it's, it's the same script mm-hmm. and that's still governor parson still hasn't made a decision about that one right and no he he keeps kind of demurring uh he hasn't said very much about it the last statement i think he made about it was we haven't seen anything new Okay, I don't know what that means, but sure. Uh, if, if you want to, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. If you really want to call and talk about this, we can. I don't want to relitigate it. Courts did that, but if you want to call and talk about it, feel free. All right, we're gonna talk about Snoop Dogg. He made an announcement last week uh, that he quit smoking. Nah, that's not really what it was. Get to that coming up here in KMBZ.
913-586-7798. Text line's salty right now about everything <laughs> at the moment. No kidding. Oh, boy. Okay. Snoop Dogg made an announcement last week that he's giving up smoke, not smoking, to the person who said not to split hairs. That's exactly what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> said he was giving up smoke. Uh, and we kind of wondered, like, really? Really? Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, my, my first thought on this, because, yeah, Colin brought this to my attention right after the, the tweet or whatever it was came out. Um, and, and he said, yeah, did you hear Snoop just said he was going to give up smoke. And I was like, oh, he's switching to gummies. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's plenty or vaping or whatever. There's plenty of stuff you can do to ingest weed without smoke. But as it turns out, it was even more ridiculous than that. Uh, it was a publicity stunt. So shock. Yeah, I know. And it's a publicity stunt for a smokeless fire pit. I mean, it has nothing to do with weed at all. Uh, so yeah, he's not going to change his, um, love for the chronic, but, uh, yeah, he's just, he said, I'm going smokeless solo stove fixed fire. They take out the smoke. So I, yeah, uh, we were supposed to think exactly what we thought and no, it had nothing to do with any of that. He's just getting paid. I mean, good for him, I guess. It worked and I'm annoyed by that. <laughs> we fell for it. It yep. worked. We should be better at this. I don't think you and I talked about it. I think it came out later in the day. Yeah. I don't think we, I don't think we talked about it on the air. We don't do a lot of Snoop Dogg news on the show. Um, okay, great. C congratulations, you're you're getting more money. Yeah, right. I mean, there was uh, there was an article I saw about a week ago, and it was somebody taking a shot at him. And look, I, I don't mind this. I mean, yeah, the, the publicity stunt part about it. Anytime somebody gets me like that, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, nice, ha ha, funny. But that's more about me than it is about them. I don't mind anybody getting paid. You want to sign a deal like that yeah. and go get paid? By all means, go get paid. But there was somebody that was just raking Snoop over. I've got to, got to see if I can find the article. Was raking him over the coals for quote unquote going corporate. You know, it's like <laughs> here's a guy who started as a big you know counterculture weed smoking rapper and all of this stuff, and now what is he doing? He's selling out. Yeah, get paid, man. Go with with my blessing, Snoop. Do your thing. I mean, didn't he have a right? Didn't he do music for a record company at one oh, yeah. point? Oh yeah, and isn't that corporate? Uh huh. You know, but but see that you're you're supposed to be able to fight the power because you know you're the artist and you're the one who's selling a zillion records. So you know it's it's like uh, it's like that terrible movie Paul Simon made, One Trick Pony. Uh, but yeah, that that ideal that somehow you can still hold on to your artistic integrity, and it's that's all garbage anyway. I mean, you you can do that, but you're going to end up not selling a whole lot of records. So yeah, he, he's a talented guy. Like it wasn't corporate when he started hosting the Joker wild reboot that's a thing they, oh yeah yeah it was actually really funny because okay. did you ever did you ever see the joker's wild no the original uh, one it was a game uh, show that they used to run uh off of wor in new york and it was but when i was a kid it was one of my favorite game shows i actually had those um and the idea was it was set up like a uh like a, a slot machine 
So you okay. would pull the big handle and, you know, you had to answer trivia questions and all of this stuff. And where it where the little, you know, dials landed was what you were going to win. Okay. Well, when Snoop did the reboot, they decorated everything with pot leaves instead of like being the Joker and the devil, which it was in the first one. It was just, you know, I guess if you got three pot leaves, you got something really great. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love the Joker's wild. I, somebody just said he's in like five commercials on TV right now. With Martha Stewart. I mean, right. there's another thing. His best friend in the world is Martha Stewart. What does that tell you? Who's giving out dating advice right now at the age of 80, whatever she is. <laughs> she's giving out advice on how to find it. She's been single for a long time, but she's giving out advice on how to get a guy. Hey, she's still dating. Good for her. She got snoop. She looks great. Yeah. You know, she looks great at that point. So... Okie dokie. Uh, moving on here to the story out of the metro, out of the UK. Um, this one gets a little, a little gross, so be ready. Uh, but it's what your your toothbrush might be <laughs> yeah. doing to you. Every time these stories come up, I check the calendar and say, is it May or November? And sure enough, here we go. It's November because, I mean, this is even the... Uh, the, the trope that I always use to describe these stories w when television gets into their sweeps, which is May and November, we don't have that. The radio doesn't, we, we do our ratings a different way and, and there is no, no time when we have to grab the viewer's attention. You always know you're in May or November when you start seeing stories that are either we're going to tell you where the hookers are in town, or we're <laughs> going to tell you what's in your house. That's going to kill you. So in this case, it's what's in your house. That's going to kill you. And according to the Metro in the UK, it's your toothbrush. Okay. Before we get into the story and the reason why, <laughs> yeah. here's what I will give them credit for. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Is that we as Americans do not change our toothbrushes often enough. That is true. We, they collect, you brush your teeth with it. We don't disinfect it. We just put it back in that little cup and we use it and use it and use it until for whatever reason, five years later, for some reason, we get a new one. I mean, it's so it makes sense to me as it sits in your bathroom, uh -huh. close to your toilet, perhaps, that it can be a disgusting little bit of germs. Oh, yeah. You ever want to get really grossed out? Clean out that little cup sometime. Oh, that, that you put. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that goo in the bottom? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the things that I like the best about our house is that the, the toilet and shower in our master are mm -hmm. actually in a separate room. There's a door that closes yeah. between that and the bathroom sink. So, like yeah, and and that's exactly right. I mean, what happens most times when they do the toothbrush story, it's about all the spray. When you flush your toilet, there's this atomized spray that comes up out of there, and that stuff falls all over everything in your bathroom, including unless you have a setup like ours your toothbrush, and then that goes in your mouth. And this is kind of the same thing. They're saying it's been linked to hepatitis uh, and other you know, liver damage and all kinds of things that are associated to that. And, it, I mean, it's just a, a really effective vehicle to spread disease because when you brush your teeth, sometimes you do a little bit of damage to your gum. That means you got blood contact. Yeah, you open it up a little bit, yep. and so now it's an open wound. Whatever gets into that. Right. Yes. Yeah, and they say sharing razors, toothbrushes, having medical or cosmetic procedures in countries with higher rates of the virus can also increase the risk. I mean, I don't know anybody who shares toothbrushes. I, I Razors, maybe. Hold on. 
(laughs) polls that have been done really percentage of people (laughs) share toothbrush with their spouse well they are you don't do it all the time they are so expensive you know toothbrushes exactly (laughs) 18 percent of people said they would share a toothbrush i mean in an emergency like once you know, mm-hmm. if, if it was, oh, we're on vacation and we're in a place where we can't go out and, and get to a drugstore and we, we forgot one of the toothbrushes, uh, then maybe. But, you know, then that toothbrush would go in the trash and we both go get a new one. Usually hotels will have them. Yeah, that's Just true. Just ask them. They'll give you a toothbrush. What do you think does a better job? What, what do you think is the, the better health situation? Brushing your teeth with your partner's toothbrush uh-huh. in a pinch or just using your finger. That's like yeah. your finger's not going to do as good of a job. But sure. Your t- the other person's toothbrush has got their it, but it, it stuff will, on it. It will keep you from having breath that will knock over the person in the drugstore when you go to get a toothbrush. Yeah. In a pinch. Right. Using your finger or, you know, something along those lines or even just some mouthwash. Mm-hmm. If you happen to have that, you know, do the 30 second rinse with a mouthwash. It'll kill off all the germs that are in there and you can get to the drugstore and back. Here's the problem. Now I'm on this story. Uh-huh. Surveying Americans on what they share with their partner. <laughs> now I've got this very lengthy list. Oh, boy. I'm going to send it to you of what people share the most and least survey of a thousand Americans in a relationship. Uh-huh. 17.6% share their toothbrush with their partner. Luckily, it's the lowest of all things considered. Thank God. Good. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. The razor is the other one that they brought up in this story. Let me see if they address that. It's um, not, it's not on this is, list. The razor's not in there because no. are not, uh, forgive me. I don't know that much about leg shaven razors, but are not, are, are they not constructed differently than a face razor is? I mean, it's basically the same, same setup. It's a razor with multiple blades on the end of something you hold on to. Yeah. But d- like the, the leg razors, don't they have the little rubber gasket thing that goes around the outside of it? Not all of them. Oh, okay. All right. Not um, all of them. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any real difference there, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> Jen's razor is not where my razor is. So, you know, it's, it's never really come up, but I can see, I can see it happening for the same reason. And I can see the same problem with it. You nick your skin yep. sometimes, whether you're shaving your face or shaving your legs sure. and you that's on your razor and somebody else uses it and they nick their skin and then you have a problem. I can also see you you're on vacation. You forgot your razor. The guy brought his, Okay, you know, we're going to a nice dinner. I got to wear a dress. This is what women are expected to do. Right. Boom. So, yeah, I I think it would probably go easier that way, you know, than than a man using a leg razor. I I don't know why, but it just seems like that that would be a tougher get. You know, somebody, a couple of you on the text line, right one after the other, said the better solution than finger for the toothbrush, if you don't have one, is the washcloth. That just, makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, put a little, because then you can wash the washcloth off. <laughs> you know, that that's not going to be a real bother. Um, someone else mentioned there, they put a little hydrogen peroxide in the toothbrush cup. That's not a bad idea. Or rubbing alcohol or something along those lines. If you have the one that just sits there, you know, that's a cup that sits there and gathers that goo, then having something that will kill off germs isn't a bad idea. And I'll tell you, the other thing for uh, rubbing alcohol on the razor front, when you're done shaving, if you're a dude and you're done shaving your face, or I would assume if you're not a dude and you're shaving your legs, um, when you're done, instead of just le- putting it back in the rack and leaving it to dry out, 
Don't do that. P- uh, put a little rubbing alcohol on the blades of the razor. Don't rub it in. <laughs> You're going to cut your fingers or ribbons. But just, yeah, soak it in rubbing alcohol and then just flick that off and then put it back in the rack. The the reason why razors go bad, you're, the hair on your face is not uh, you know tough enough to do a lot of damage to a razor blade. Mm-hmm. But what really kills them is getting rusty. And it's if you, the water, right? The right. water is what does if it. You, right. If you leave them soak, soaked in water back on the rack until that water dries, it's going to rust the blades faster. Put a little rubbing alcohol on there. Your razors will last a lot longer than they do now. We'll get to the phones here in a second for a conversation I didn't expect us to be having. <laughs> um, to those of you, somebody just said I dip my toothbrush in peroxide daily. That's not a bad are, idea. I mean, are you dipping the brush end, and is that is that okay to like to put that back in your mouth? Is oh, that yeah. dry and is okay? Yeah, it'll it'll okay. dry out. The other thing is hydrogen. The reason hydrogen peroxide is in brown bottles is because okay. hydrogen peroxide doesn't like to exist. It wants to be water, so it has to give up a, an oxygen atom out of each one of the molecules. And light is ultraviolet light specifically is what really will break it down fast. So if you put H2O2 on your toothbrush and Mm then, I mean, you could probably rinse it with water after that if you wanted to, but you just put that back in the rack. By the time you use it again, that's already turned to water and evaporated. It's gone. I'm learning things. I'm learning so many things I didn't know. (laughs) You're on the phone. We can get to your calls. I I don't mind this, you know. Let's go to Dale in the Northland up next. Hey, Dale. Hey guys, how's it going? Love the show. Great. Listen, thank you, Jamie. I know you're not married, but I want you. You, you commented, is it better to use your partner's toothbrush or your finger with some toothpaste on it? A toothbrush is, brush is not the worst thing that married couples put in their mouths. I don't other. want this conversation to go any further. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I wanted to. Uh, FCC. You know, I won't know, I won't know anywhere else. Um, but love you guys. Thank you very much. You got it. Thanks a lot for the call. You waited on hold a long time to make that joke. I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> but it is funny. I mean, a lot of a lot of the things that we get really ooky about are are things that I mean, we. He's right. We do a lot worse. So, I mean, it's it's all a matter of what the traffic will allow. I guess. It's all nice and awkward now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, if you want in nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Again, I'm not really sure where this is going to go, so we'll wait and see. Get back with your comments next on KMBZ. I think we started on this talking about how your toothbrush carries a lot of germs and a lot of stuff, and it sits in your bathroom where there is spray and there are all kinds of things Mm -hmm. and we're getting to some interesting places on this conversation now (laughs) yes we are one of them is hutchinson kansas where ashley's standing by hi ashley hey guys uh when i had my wisdom teeth removed god almost 30 years ago now um the doctor i got an infection and i got dry socket because i'm a smoker and the first thing i did was went outside and had a cigarette after surgery But um, the doctor had me do a mouthwash that was half hydrogen peroxide and half water, and I had to do that three times a day, and the infection was gone, I'd say, within 24 hours once I started doing that. And he said, if you have problems with your gums, that's one of the best things that you can do. Oh, cool. Yeah, as long as you're not swallowing it. Yeah, it's not going to. Yeah. W- and I would guess that you'd, you'd have to swallow a lot of it to really do you any harm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're just rinsing with yeah. it and then rinse with water after that is probably the best thing you can do. 
Yep, and that's exactly, I still do that about once a week just to make sure that I'm keeping my mouth up to date because I like having my teeth. So, <laughs> Love it. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Ashley, thanks. Yeah, have thanks, a good one. Ashley. Um, yeah, it, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean the, the 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 one of the worst things you can be bitten by is another person because our mouths do tend to be so awfully germy. And she's right. I had my wisdom teeth out. Thankfully, I I did not get a dry socket. I was told that's an extremely unpleasant thing to have happen. I've never, yeah, I've never had that. Did you have your so- wisdom teeth out? Did you have to have them pulled? I did. In fact, uh, I missed like New Year's. I was in college. Yeah, and, it's usually yeah. 1920 is yeah. is around when it happens. Um, but yeah, mine were coming in exactly sideways, like pushing on the, the tooth that was next to them. It was not a good situation. We have another caller on hold? We do not. We are quite Just Ashley. Uh, shows me wrong. But yeah, if uh, it's it all comes down to, yeah, those things that, that people use. Going back to your article, what were some of the other things that, that people do share that normally you might not? Hold on, let me reopen it here. Oh, sorry. Um, I uh, okay. So here was what they asked. So it it was ranked in percentage that share it. So highest to lowest. So okay. the lowest percentage share toothbrush at seventeen point six percent. Forty seven percent. This is next highest. Will share when they think someone else is attractive. Ooh, that's taking your life in your hands. It's <laughs> been half an hour or an hour on that. Do you point it out if you think somebody's hot? Um. I, I would say n- not anybody like in person, but like if you're watching a movie or a TV show or something, you're like, wow, she's really cute. Then I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Probably I don't, don't think do it it's, a lot. Um, but what's wrong with like, who's going to get upset? I should be quiet. Who knows? People get upset <laughs> about all kinds of things. Who's going to get upset unless it's like somebody you know? Yeah. You know, mutual friend or something like that where it could get awkward. What's wrong with that? Well, I think context matters, too. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Many years ago, I had two single friends who I thought, you know, the Yenta in me coming out. Uh, you know, they, they would be perfect for each other. They just, I mean, they almost kind of reminded me of each other. And so I talked to Jen about it, and she was like, yeah, they're both really good-looking people. And I was like, yeah, they are. Uh, so that helps. You know, they're kind of mm-hmm. on, on the same level. And we got them together. They did not become a couple, but they're actually best friends now to this day because they are so similar, you know, as human beings. But yeah, I mean, it was like I didn't get upset or jealous because Jen thought Kent was good looking. He just is. <laughs> you know, he's right. one of those guys that it's like I can look at him and go, that's a good looking dude. It's not that she's saying she wants to leave you for him. Right, right. She just thinks he's good looking. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, yeah. And and so, yeah, that's what I mean about context. Like, if you're just walking down the street going, hey, wow, hey, did you see her? Did you see how hot she is? That's maybe not quite so cool. Only 75% will share when their breath smells bad. <laughs> what are you married for if it's not to tell them when they've got something in their teeth or that their breath feels bad? You got, a little, bad. You got a little chive stuck there in your tooth. You might want to take <laughs> something along those lines. Just trying to save them the embarrassment. Uh, let's see. 63% share a car. Okay. That would be annoying to me. Uh, yeah. um, I don't know what they mean by intrusive thoughts, but that's pretty high on the list. Of things 60, that they share. Yeah, almost 63% on that one, too. Um, they also separated out sharing the bills from sharing a joint bank account or credit card. We've talked about the bank account thing before. From finances, yeah. That's yeah. high on the list, too. 
So, yeah, I, a lot of people sharing that stuff. And, yeah, we're in that group as well. Thanks, everybody, for the spirited conversation here. All right, coming up in the next hour, I've never heard of this restaurant having a drive-through. What shouldn't? Get to that coming up here on KMBZ.